We got a special guest here in the building joining me tonight here on Sports and Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max. One of the nicest MCs in the game. Comes from my hometown, Norwalk, Connecticut. Chris Webby, you really put us on the map out there for Connecticut, repping Connecticut till the death. Oh, yeah, dude. Album. Got it tattooed across the old chest in case That's I get right. lost. You know, Still know Wednesday. Still Wednesday's back. out now on all platforms. Make sure you go check it out. Oh, yeah. A long way from where he's been. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Been a long, uh, been a long run. Long run. run. But we're here. Chris Webby, the one and only king of Connecticut. Chris Webby, what's going on, man? Man, just chilling, you know, about to feed my fish when I'm done with this. As you can see, got got the uh, the reef tank going, um, you know, be doing the homeowner thing. It's it's a whole thing. It really, you know, it's been finding this balance of um, being a homeowner, being a business owner and being, you know, an artist. It is it is. And, and not only that, you know, it's, it's really like a, I'm more involved with the day to day um, when it comes to pretty much every element of what goes on in my business. Um, so it's a lot, it's a lot. And really like uh, the homeowner things new within the past, you know, like year plus, um, you know, moved to town over from, from the great city of Norwalk. So I'm out in the woods and, uh, you know, I got koi ponds, I got a full arcade over there, you know, it's, it's, I'm uh, basically just building Pee Wee's Playhouse. Um, I, I don't know if you would even know that. He, I have Paul um, Rubens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great yeah. show. It was my favorite show when I was a kid. It oh, that's a, it's a classic show until things went haywire there in the movie theater. So haywire. What yeah. was he thinking? But either way, I mean, he had quite <laughs> the fucking playhouse, you know, it was, you know, he had people popping in all the time, all the different rooms are exciting, you know, so it's, it, it's just a lot of work. It's a yeah. lot of work, man, you know, and, and, you know, keeping a career running for, I mean, shit, as of April will be, I think the 14th anniversary of my first mixtape, if I'm not mistaken, 13th uh-huh. or 14th. So 13 or 14 years in the game, so to speak, you know, small potatoes at first, um, but in the game. So it's, it's been a fucking journey. For sure, man. I remember watching you when I was in middle school being on 106 in Park. And we'll get into all that because you used to tape all the 106 in Park battle raps. Yeah, and even I if you did. were on I vacation. Got, I got more 106 in Park Freestyle Friday battles recorded than BET does. <laughs> I know you do. And even when you'd go on vacation, you'd have someone go and tape it for you at home. You know some things, huh? Yeah. You know some things. You know, I did a little research myself. I heard how thorough you were. So I expect you to know, uh, you know, quite quite a few little factoids. Uh but um, yeah, man, let's let's chat. You know, what do you want to know? For sure, man. I, first off, you know, before we get into your career, you know, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for hip hop. The greatest rapper of all time died on March 9th. A cannabis reference into the late, great, notorious B.I.G. What's your earliest memory of Biggie Smalls and discovering the legendary, notorious B.I.G.? Now, if you want my honest opinion, as much as I love Biggie, you know, and he was one of the earlier rappers I came across, he was not the, you know, I was so young when all of that stuff was going on. I mean, obviously you were like, I wasn't even born. I wasn't even born. (laughs) Yeah. But, but I was, I was very young. So, you know, I, I started really getting into listening to hip hop right after all of that went down between Tupac and Biggie. So, you know, I'm 33 I got in, I, I really like started falling in love with hip hop and, you know, fifth, sixth grade is when I started listening to that. Before that, you know, I was just listening to what my parents listened to, which most of us do as children, which was, you know, also awesome music, you know, like a lot of good, uh, 
you know, that Woodstock era stuff, you know, some Southern rock, a lot of good roots, reggae, you know, things of that nature, some good soul, that good 60s, 70s soul. Um, so I was raised on really good music and then discovered hip hop. And uh, it absolutely appalled my parents at first because my parents are a little bit older, you yeah. know, they're, they're in their seventies now. So it's, was it was very foreign to them and it was new on the forefront of um something that parents had to deal with you know what i mean like parents you know they dealt with the heavy metal in the in the late 80s and shit like that but they they weren't ready for eminem and dmx and and these guys they they didn't know how to kind of parent around this stuff so i at first they they were very taken aback by it um i would say my earliest inspirations which are always going to be a lot of the first things you just happen to stumble upon and there was no missing eminem obviously you no, know that's what I mean? that's, that was your number one influence i read when you started yeah, right at 11 years old and i was the prime age for like literally discovering hip-hop right as like the slim shady lps coming out so you know it's like growing with him through that initial stretch you know through eight mile when it's still being this fertile mind, this, you know, easily absorbing all of this stuff. So, you know, M and, and really I would say Slim Shady was uh, the biggest influence on me for better or for worse um, in some ways, you know what I mean? I definitely took some of that drug stuff a little too seriously. Um, thought that was okay to do. Yeah, I still do, but uh, DMX was another big one. Um, and, you know, it, there was, there was a lot, man. It was, that was a great era of hip hop. Like that's my golden age. You know, people debate what the golden age is. I think the golden age is what was when you were like a teenager, because that's when music hits you the hardest and, and sticks with you the most and shapes who you be, become. And it, it sticks with those memories. You know what I mean? Like so many songs being paired to very specific memories, you know, a blunt ride in high school and certain song comes on, it takes you right back. Um, you know, I also went down the, the underground hip hop route in that, uh, that era of, you know, the Jedi mind tricks, um, immortal technique, a lot Picking of that. Stuff. Yes. Yes. So it was, it was, uh, it was a really cool time for hip hop, man. It was like, like the height of the WWE when there were just all these, these super specific characters, Buster Rhymes, what Buster Rhymes for me is, I mean, he's top five for me. He's, he's top three for me. Um, incredible catalog, incredible artist, just so many bangers. I mean, I was very lucky to grow up in that era. I'll just say it say that you know he had not nas it was ludicrous at his height exhibit at his height you know snoop it was when dre was producing for so many of these different he was producing for busta he was producing for exhibit obviously m it, it was it was a great time then 50 popped up out of nowhere get rich or die try and change the fucking game it was it was a really uh sensational time in hip-hop and i it shaped obviously who the fuck i became because here I am today, but I will say um, that as appalled as my parents were, you know, they tried to kind of steer me away and were like, this is nuts. I mean, it was a big deal. You weren't around, but when Eminem dropped the Marshall Mathers LP and Kim came out, I mean, it was 
like all the parents were talking, you know, it was, it was a big deal. So they, they went as far as they even tried to block MTV on the television. So I, I couldn't expose myself to it because I became so instantly obsessed with it. Um, but I think that really goes to say something about human nature. It's like, you try to make something forbidden or take it away, you know, at a certain age and it's only going to make them hit the gas. So it's like, not only did I listen, I became one. You know, <laughs> and it's insane because Eminem was one of the primary targets to blame for when Columbine happened. Yeah, yeah, he was, you know, and you, you can't blame the artists, man. I mean, like, I've said a lot of irresponsible shit. I still do all the time. Like, don't take what I say too seriously. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and also don't necessarily follow directly in my footsteps. There are certain parts of my journey that are inspirational the hard-working element you know the things like this the perseverance the, the mental toughness to you know keep pushing after falling on your face so many times but don't do exactly what i do you know what i'm saying like that is not to be uh tried at home you know like those old the jackass videos had in the beginning you know, <laughs> chris webby's life at home yeah. it's a webby wednesday it's wednesday it is it is you know i'm off season right now um you know and it, it's kind of like, uh, you know, this is a sports and hip hop podcast. When they first told me that, I, I, I told Q, my publicist, I'm like, bro, like sports, like, are you trying to make me look crazy out there? Like, <laughs> one no, thing no, about you me, don't have to discuss sports. I already told Q. Well, we're not going to because no. I got nothing to say. I, I, <laughs> I, I watched the Super Bowl, you know, and a few fights here and there. I'll watch some of the fights. Other you than enjoyed that, the halftime show. I, it, fucking loved the halftime show i was up jamming i was you know oh man but yeah no i don't do uh sports i don't i wasn't good at them um i don't watch them and i don't care we don't even have a fucking team you know what i'm saying no, we so used to have the whalers but then they went on and moved yeah and i i rock whalers gear you know what i mean i'll rep but uh yeah i mean unpopular opinion but it's like you know sometimes you see people get so emotional and into this stuff and it's like you know you're you know you're not playing like you know it's it's i don't get it but hey i also have watched sopranos like 14 times front to back so big sopranos fan i know that oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> big quality television fan you know yeah. but sopranos is the top that's the top for you but man, you you come from great beginnings here. Your mother was a school teacher for Nathan Hale, English yeah, teacher. Your father years. was a guitarist. Yeah, yeah. My mom, she actually taught at uh, West Rocks for most of her tenure and then went over to uh, Nathan Hale for probably the last six or seven years. God bless her. I mean, shit, dealing with middle school kids all the time. I, I was such a fucking moody piece of shit in middle school. I can't even imagine having to deal with a class full of them all day for fucking eight months out of the year. Sounds miserable. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, no, she was, she was a teacher. And I actually, I was at that school for one year before I got a scholarship to private school. And I was very lucky because she was a beloved teacher. You know what I mean? You don't want to be going to the school of the teacher, you know, where your mom's the teacher that everybody hates. So... <laughs> It worked out. Everybody loved Mrs. Webby. And that's actually how I got my name because everybody called her Mrs. Webby. And when I got there, I was little Webby, um, you know, and then I grew up and just became Chris Webby. Eventually before Chris Webby you went by the name of vindictive in college when you were battling at fraternities in college. Yes, yes. 
Vindictive. Yes. That, what a stupid rap name. Um, <laughs> especially for me, like vindictive. I have no idea. But it was that era where, you know, you kind of just take these interesting sounding words and make them rap names. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. And then just kind of realize down the line, like I am like everybody calls me Webby. Like I am Webby. Like that's just what everybody calls me. So Chris Webby makes sense a lot more sense than fucking vindictive <laughs> it all started your recording process when your father bought you a radio shack microphone that's yes. when you really started recording yes well no that's when i first started recording not really started recording really started recording you know that, that's like down the line when you you have uh actual studios and you know i got when you were driving up to hartford up. yeah 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 you know a lot of, you know a lot of things yeah, yeah. But those, that, those were some of my first experiences, like in a real studio. And then, you know, you bounce around enough studios and, you know, you find that the best process is to really like have one engineer that you work with primarily. So you keep a consistent sound, you know what I mean? And I mean, God, I listen back to some of the early shit and it's just like, it's so poorly mixed. It, it's horrendous. And it's very like, one song sounds better than the other. One's louder than the other. It's, it's fucking terrible. So I, I still have fans come up and say, dude, this is my favorite project you ever did. And I'm like, oh my God, that's nuts. That shit sounds horrible. Um, but, you know, I guess it, it resonated with them at a certain time in their life or whatever. But, um, you know, down the line, I, I used to just, like the mixtapes that I had initially, like those were just like studio mixes. That was me going to the studio, rapping the song, the guy fucking with it for a little bit. And then I would just put it out. Like now it's like a whole fucking 30 hour process of all this tinkering and mixing and mastering and post-production and all, you know, now every song I treat, you know, like a fucking work of art. Um, but I had no idea what I was doing at that point. I had no idea what I was doing for a while. And then, uh, eventually figured it out and course corrected after kind of you know hitting the rocks enough times mm -hmm. you know you, hit, you, you were hitting the rocks you you really hit the rocks when you went to Hofstra you got a scholarship there you, you you're you were majoring in communications that's actually my major I was all. majoring in fucking doing drugs that's what I was. <laughs> well that's what this is what went wrong because you actually were driving the car for people who robbed the drug dealer and the campus ended up getting shut down and went, it actually went on lockdown thing. And yeah, you had to spend eight days in jail and that was life changing. And that's when you said, I got to cut the shit and get going here. Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely just, you realize at points, um, just certain life defining moments where it's like, whoa, you know, I need to get my shit together. It's like, I want to be a rapper. Why am I doing this shit? Like, how am I being around people who are doing this shit? Because that's really what it was, you know? I'm not fucking Omar Little from The Wire. I'm just, he, I just had an Altima, you know? That was the only thing. I was, I was just a guy who had a car. So, but it's just like, yo, the people you choose to surround yourself with, you know, it, it's very important. You want to surround yourself with good people um, and, and be doing positive things. And the thing is, when you're young, you're fucking stupid. Uh, you know, you seem like you got your head screwed on pretty straight for 21. I, I'm impressed. It's, Thanks, man. I, I was, I would have been on ecstasy, you know, doing this interview <laughs> at 21. Uh, so you're doing pretty good. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I was, I was a mad, mad man, you know, for real. Uh, and, and still am, absolutely. But, you know, I've, I've figured out a lot of things and, and learned what to do, what not to do. And, um, you know, just stay out of fucking trouble. That's the key.
Yeah, that's the main thing. I don't and no it, problems with the law. No, and you've been able to maintain that and carve out a career for yourself. But something that was really life changing for you was being on the Freestyle Friday and getting on BOBT 106 in Park. Because I remember this freestyle watching a long time ago when you were shouting out Connecticut in your freestyle. And the video was taken off YouTube because I can't find it to this day, but it was your freestyle. And I remember I was like, this this guy's putting Connecticut on the map. Chris Webby put Connecticut on the map because we really don't have a hip hop scene out here. When we, we, think don't, Connecticut, we don't have much. We, we got a few guys. We, you know, we got annoyed. Annoyed. Who's, who's you signed him, ADHD. ADHD. Yeah. yeah, he was on and my show he, last year. Yeah, yeah, he's he's incredible. Um, but yeah, no, we we never really we've always been in the shadow of New York. You know, it just is what it is. And you know, the mentality out here is very crabs in a buckety. Um, you know, it it just I think it's gotten better. I don't really know. I don't I don't really like leave the house that much these days unless I'm getting a bag you know like and it's not like i do this shit for the money but you know you want to get me out of the house to go fucking get on a stage or do something you either got to be a homie or or i got to be getting a bag because otherwise i'm chilling you know and that's what you're doing you know you you really put us on the map here do you feel as though it's times that connecticut is cursed because you don't see a lot of people making it out here no i don't think it's cursed i i don't think it's cursed at all i think it's a great state honestly we have incredible food um you know it's, it's we, we're on the coastline like shit could be worse like that's what a lot of people in connecticut don't realize like have you toured the country like have you been to some of those middle ones like it ain't so bad out here no not like virginia i remember driving out through virginia and just just cornfields and just that was pretty much cornfields and churches everywhere it gets worse just keep going keep going west you know there's certain ones man where you're just like you know i don't want to put any uh states on blast you know oh no no saying like some of those states just ain't it you know (laughs) no But being on 106 and Park, you're one of the last generations to be on that, if you think about it. Yeah, when I did the, what was it, like, backroom freestyle? or the backroom freestyle, yeah. yeah you yeah, were one of the yeah, last yeah. artists and to do then, that. And then I actually got to be a judge on Freestyle Friday. That's right, I was just going to get into that. You know, we were talking about how I used to tape Freestyle Friday all the fucking time. Talk about full circle, you know, like, Jesus, that was that was incredible. Full circle moment here, and even when you were making your Gangsta Grills tape, bars on me with DJ drama. And then you hear the whole story of you going out to Atlanta and the laptop wasn't working. And he was kind of just, he was right. getting nervous. Dude, yeah. How the fuck do you know that? I forgot about that. <laughs> Did some research. Oh my God. That was, yeah, that was definitely nerve wracking. Cause we've been waiting to get, get up with drama for quite some time. Um, and then we finally get up with him and, and yes, the laptop wasn't working and it's like, dude, we, you know, like <laughs> try it again try it again. And, uh, and then it worked eventually, but it was, uh, it was nerve wracking. There's a lot of, there's a lot of times like that, you know, those shot clock moments, uh, where, you know, it's just, and then it's a lot of times it works out and it doesn't always pan out. The one thing I've learned is that I've, uh, I've benefited from my failures exponentially. You know what I mean? I learn, I learned more from my failures than my victories. Um, and I've had plenty of failures to learn from. So you've learned it and you're recovering and you're doing well right now. And I've heard about your whole journey from going out to California, being broke. that we're going to get into that because that's, that's insane going out to California and getting broke because I'm actually considering going out to California and pursuing my media career further. 
I mean, listen, I get it. You know what I mean? Not for me. It's, yeah. it's, it's, uh, LA specifically, you know, it's just, it's, it's just not for me. Um, I, I, I like to be out in the woods now, like where I'm at, you know, it's definitely, I don't want to be in a city. I don't, uh, I don't want to deal with that many people. I want to deal with like the people that I choose to deal with and that I love and that I want to have come hang out. Um, I don't want to just have to like walk out my door and just be dealing with people like, you know what I'm saying? I just don't, I want to be dealing with chipmunks and fucking wild turkeys and coyotes and shit. Like, <laughs> Yeah. You're an environmentalist and we could tell from your, your video, humble giant. And you added that element to it. Just being out in the environment. Yeah, and the man, I love, I, I've always had a deep love for the natural world. Um, animals. They're just like, their pure innocence and, and instinct. I just, I've always been absolutely fascinated from, you know, I used to want to be a marine biologist, you know, obviously that didn't pan out, but uh, you know, I, I've, I'm very fascinated by animals. I know a lot about the animal kingdom. Uh, I, I'm undefeated in animal trivia, uh, fun little fact there. Um, but I just think it's so cool. And I also just think it's so terrible how poorly we treat the planet. You know, I, I really, it, it just bums me out. I understand we got to take and, you know, there's certain things we need. And, but I mean, at the rate that we take and the way that we take, I mean, it's just so fucked up, you know, just to see somebody clear cut a patch of forest you know, just to put up a fucking another one of these goddamn condominiums, man, it bums me out. Norwalk. I mean, shit, bro. I remember even in my lifetime, I mean, my parents and my grandpa who's 94 specifically. I mean, he remembers when Stu Leonard senior senior was still delivering milk to the door type shit. Wow. He was best friends with, with Stu Leonard senior now. Um, but yeah, so it's like, he's seen this town change unbelievably but i even me i like where where bob's store is and and uh stop and shop over there that used to be a whole forest i lived in the condo right up the street from it you know what i mean so i it's part of it is attached to me because i saw kind of these last bastions of wilderness in norwalk specifically get decimated in my own like early childhood you know what i mean and, and i saw the impact of that i'm like where did where did the animals go that were there like where do they go you know and it, it's just that always really stuck with me and i just think um you know if i see someone litter out their car i fucking honk speed up try to run them off the road and shit <laughs> really fucking oh bothers. man but but norwalk has changed in so many ways i mean from even me growing up it's not the town that i'm used to anymore barnes and noble is gone i mean how many liquor stores do we have out there Bar Blockbuster went out of business. Circuit City's PC yeah. Richard, Sports yeah. Authority's gone. PC Richard's still there. I just bought a grill from there. I just I just used the grill I bought from there. It's a fucking fantastic grill too. Let me tell you, it's fucking unbelievable. Yeah. Um. But uh. Pasta fair. Yeah, yeah. It's it's uh it's changed a lot. It it had, but you know that's one of the things you just got to accept in life is that change is inevitable and I'm not someone who does too well with change. I like routine and I like tradition and uh, you know, it, it's kind of a bummer, you know, but you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah, there's really nothing you can do about it, but you know, you're a landmark out there for Norwalk for sure. That hasn't changed. That oh hasn't yeah, changed no, it. I feel like, you know, I'm just talking about the wilderness of yeah, Norwalk. Yeah, I know what you mean. Pretty much no longer existent, but you know, I, I have a lot of love for, 
for Norwalk as a city man and and just going down to Sono, man, you know, like That's where dude, I'm from. I'm from Sono. Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, I used to go to the Maritime Aquarium like yeah. literally three times a week when I was a kid. That place is shit. And uh Oyster and Festival. Oyster Festival. I went this past year, got myself some of that the fried dough, you know. Good shit. That's got myself great. goldfish too. There were these kids, they were spinning a goldfish around in a bag. And uh, I had my buddy go over and give him a talking to, and we ended up leaving with the goldfish. And he's still living upstairs <laughs> in the tent. So, did you ever perform at the Oyster Festival? I know you're bigger than that, but did you ever perform there? I don't think so. I don't think I would be allowed to. I don't think I'm family friendly enough. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> now. Oh, man. I, I figured being the hometown kid and everything, the hometown hero. It give you that shot, but there's really no edited me, you know. Yeah, no. You could try. I mean, there's a couple songs here and there that don't have swears in them, but you know, from the in between song rants that I give and just my general demeanor, it's very uncensored. Uh, you know, it's it's just how I live my life, man. You know, I'm not gonna. I don't like to change my demeanor for for nothing. No, like, I am who I am. And as I've gotten older, I've gotten more comfortable being that person. And, you know, if you got a problem with it, fuck off. You know? <laughs> Just like and your song on Chemically Imbalanced. Well, you know, but even then, I wasn't fully, truly as comfortable with myself as I am now. Not even close. You know, they, it's something that comes with age. That, that self-acceptance of, of uh, just being who you are and, and embracing that shit. You know what I mean? And, and truly, that is how you find a way to not give a fuck, you know? I've, I've had people say the meanest fucking things about me for long enough where it's like, dude, I, it doesn't, it truly, other than, you know, sometimes you'll get one comment that's just like so fucking mean. You're just like, damn, and it's true. You know, you're just like, man, that, that, that one can take like five minutes to shake off. But in general, like I could really give a fuck. I, you know what I mean? It's like, I got a good business going. Uh, you know, overall, I'm in a, decent enough headspace for whatever a decent headspace is in 2022 you know like fucking mm -hmm. everybody's all fucked up right now so it's crazy but speaking about comments i i one of your opening performances in 2010 you opened up for wu-tang and there was a couple comments yeah. because what we heard i heard about what, what happened with the situation and people weren't you weren't well received at that time with the crowd well, but there were some people there were some Not people only, that went on the way out and it was those two positive comments that mattered. Yes, yes, it, it was. Well, it was more than not being well-received, which I don't think I would have been even if things went according to plan because I was not ready for that shit. This was like 2010. Yeah. But I, uh, I went out, you know, and then the CD didn't work, but I had already walked out on stage. So this is back when you were still playing show tracks on cds it didn't work and rosenberg was there and you're like throw on a beat rosenberg was there i said throw on a beat he threw on a beat i freestyled just to save the slightest shred of dignity and then i got the fuck out of there um but i mean yeah man walking out on stage as a i mean shit i was probably like about your age honestly in front of a bloodthirsty wu-tang crowd in new york you know and then your CD doesn't work on top of just overall life experience wise, not being prepared for that situation whatsoever. So, you know, I made, I made the best of it, but man, yeah, that one, that one definitely. Uh, but again, it was another life defining moment where it's like, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. 
but damn, that was a that was a blow to the uh, just to the soul, man. It was just like wow, that really couldn't have gone much worse unless Rosenberg had put not put on a beat, and I just like walked on stage and then waved the white flag and walked back off immediately after. So yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of crazy fucking life experiences, man. You know, and, and it is true. What doesn't kill you does make you fucking stronger. And at this point, literally it's like, if I ever wrote a book, I would call it bumper car because I feel like that's been the trajectory of my entire career. It's like any time where I could fuck up and like hit a wall like I did you know what I mean could fuck up and hit another car I did and enough mistakes and enough blows to the ego blows to the financials blows to the overall career trajectory you know and still I stand and still I stand stronger than I could have ever imagined you know what I mean so it's like not to talk myself up it's but you know it is what it is like I have survived hell and I'm still here. And not only am I still here, business has never been better. So. And, and you're independent. You own all your masters, which is a good thing. Did any of the members of Wu-Tang say anything about your freestyle? No, no, I don't even, they were probably backstage not paying attention whatsoever. <laughs> um, luckily, you know, thank God. <laughs> um, it just, I, I have no idea whether the freestyle was good or not. It was like one of those just completely blackout self-preservation. Like, oh, I got to do something. I have no idea. It was like almost like I wasn't in control of my own body in that moment. But back then I used to freestyle a lot. So I imagine it was decent because I used to be pretty damn good at freestyling, um, which is now something that sadly I don't do at all just because once the expectation rises, it's not fun anymore. You know, no. now it's like I'm Chris Webby, the rapper. If I freestyle, it better be good. And it's like, fuck that. That's not that's not why you freestyle. You freestyle because you're in the vibe. It's fun, you know. But, you know, what's crazy is I went on a lot of these radio shows and just literally winged it. Like, I can't believe that I had the balls to do that shit. So like, it was a week's play. notice. Yeah, yeah. I literally just like, yeah, I, you know, I'll just, I'll just freestyle. Like, people don't really, I mean, now nobody does that. I don't even fucking do that. But, mm -hmm. I mean, even back then, like, that's, that requires some, some balls that, uh, you know, I, I was, I was a ballsy kid, I guess, you know, I was, I always had confidence, maybe not in myself as a person, but confidence in my skill set. even when it was misguided confidence, even when I was in middle school and I was fucking trash, I still had this confidence that it's like, yo, I'm nice and I'm going to make it, you know, and, and that once misguided confidence turned into, you know, what built uh, an empire in a sense, you know, an independent one. Yeah. And, and that's what you're doing. We'll, we'll get into your deal of being with E1 with chemically imbalanced because there was a time that you were, you were signed with E1. Yes. Yes. So they're considered an indie label, but yeah, no, I mean, that was the one time I did really like uh, a deal and I got money. We spent it very poorly, you know, like just on, gross mismanagement of funds is what they call it technically um you know it, it was not uh i mean we ended up with an album uh but uh the amount of money we spent doing it and doing a bunch of other shit uh was not smart but i actually get those masters back this year and then i will own every single song 
in the Chris Webby sphere. So that's cool. Congratulations on that. And that house party cipher interlude was, that was legendary. That's one of my favorite tracks that you I ever still, did of all time. I still see chemically imbalanced as my only like, that's like your classic album. I see that as my only really like true album. You know what I mean? Cause like this Wednesday series, yes, they are all albums. Um, but they're kind of like playlists of everything that happened that year with some exclusives on and singles, and I, because that's when you learn that, that it was the single game. Your, your management put you on that. It's not an album game anymore. Cause you grew up listening to albums and you had to drop albums. And then you, you discovered that it was a singles game. Well, it, and it, it changed all before our eyes. I mean, when I first got in the game, it was, a, it was a mixtape game, Mixtapes. you know? So it, it, it went from that. Then now then it's iTunes. Then the Spotify shit pops up and I'm like, ah, what the fuck is this? You know? I, I'm one to always doubt. I still don't have a TikTok even. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's trying to get, I was on with Jelly Roll the other day. He's like, bro, you got to get a TikTok. <sighs> Do I though? You know, but it probably <laughs> would benefit me. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure it would benefit me and my numbers. Uh, but I just don't want to do it, you know, like get a Twitch, they say, like, I want to play video games in peace, I say, um, you know, but uh, what the fuck was I even saying? Oh, we're talking See, about if we're wrapping it all back to what we were originally talking about was the chemically imbalanced. Do you look at that as your only album? Because right, right, right. Are, so then, yes, it was, switching to, it was switching to singles. Um, and I got hip to that because that was very important. And it is the truth. And set out on on this mission so as opposed to chemically imbalanced which was an album that you know a couple singles are released and then you release the album which you know the standard um these are more like data driven playlists of like which songs are you know the fan favorites of the year and then you, you sprinkle in some exclusives at the end of the year but you know i still see them as albums it's not like i don't sit there and spend hours and hours trying to choose the order that the songs are going to go in and shit you know what i mean it's not like they don't have a beginning and an end um and and what's interesting about it is i am now five wednesday albums deep and i got two more i mean I, this is this is top secret information because people don't know how many more but i know that I you ha you've had last wednesday on the horizon for a while yes but before Last Wednesday, you got one more coming. You gotta have Wednesday before last, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so that'll be this year, and um, and then after that, maybe I do do the standard, you know. But I've kind of seen this whole Wednesday series as like basically a fundraiser for myself for all the fuck ups that I made in the first like eight years of my career, and it's like, man, like I actually like you know to be like in debt eight years in the game you know what i'm saying it's just like damn like a lot of shit got fucked up because it's like so much shit went well but like how am i here and you know that's when i really took the reins and uh you know started commanding the ship myself and and got a lot of things back on track at the cost of my own sanity of course uh because when you're doing all that you fucking it's a lot, man. It's a lot. Like oh, today I had calls about two video shoots, a show in two weeks tour, um, getting a very awesome feature that should be coming in soon, which I can't talk about yet. Um, and, and a whole bunch of other shit. It's just like <laughs> all, all these things. It's just like every day. It's like, 
it's so many things and packing the fucking calendar. It's a lot, man. And it will, it will drive you nuts, but you know, I would, I think any business owner would be able to identify with that. It's just like being a business owner and a public figure on top of that. It's just like, man, it's a lot, but Absolutely. you know, yeah. I deal with it in stride. <laughs> you do. And you're the first rapper to really crash that piff. You crashed it twice. KP called you up from that piff and said, I had to get a new server. <laughs> yes. yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yeah, man. Those were, those were interesting days. I mean, even think about that business model, right? You're spending a bunch of money to make a project and then you give it away for free. You know, it's just, but those were the times, you know, it, it was the mixtape era. I mean, a lot of the people who were putting out mixtapes were also putting out albums that they made money off of. I was just putting out mixtapes because that's all I knew how to do. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's changed a lot. I mean, thank God I'm making money off the music now and, and quite, a, quite a nice sum because, uh, you know, money does make life easier. They say more money, more problems and to an to an extent there's truth in that but uh you know i don't know if i agree with it <laughs> your parents welcome you back with open arms once they learned that you went broke out in california because we know why you went you went broke out in california i heard the stories already and just not paying attention to the money that was being spent things happen yeah, really really the house we were staying in which was this beautiful place but yeah. the only way to afford it would for me to be on the road so much of the year i'd barely be at the fucking house at all yeah so you didn't you know, get to enjoy it <laughs> yeah yeah it, it was insane so I, I lived in california for all of like three months before going completely broke having you know maxed out credit cards being in debt owing a bunch of people money for a bunch of shit that i didn't even know about it was just management handling things poorly so i spent all of the year after that yes my parents welcomed me back i'm an only child they'll welcome me back no matter what i learned that at an early age um That's you great. know what i mean and, and exploited it you know because you know when you're the only one a lot of times they're just you know they're gonna let it slide even if you know you're coming back drunk at what god what was it 27 28 you know back at my parents house <sighs> you know but you know some people everybody's on a different trajectory man you know and and when i came back i came back with a fire under my ass though i really did and i realized that it's like i was deep in the game i mean this was like the end of 2015 into 16 and i had been in the game since 2009 so it was like that's a nice little stretch of time seven eight years in the game and it was either gonna be done and i was gonna need to start considering my options of like a real job or oh I was going to figure the fuck out. And that really all came down to me and, and JP on the track. I got to give a lot of credit to too, man, because he, he, me and him, the flow we caught in the music we've made since in this Wednesday series, you know, it, it really uh, it changed everything, you know, Wednesday. and I think it's, it's so much better in my opinion, you know, overall than, a lot of the product I was putting out previously, just because it's all, it's all consistent. It's all in-house. You know what I mean? We have so much creative control over just what's happening from the mix to the, just everything, you know, it, it feels good making it. I want to focus on something that's important. That's on your hoodie right now. ADHD. Tell me about finding this, your, yeah. your own company, your own label. Yeah, man. You know, and I think uh, it's, it's really as simple as that. It's just me and annoyed right now. I mean, and 
will it grow like potentially but it's it's more than that though you know what i mean because it's like kind of the squad like my i got a chain annoyed got a chain jp got a chain my dj and drummer got chains um you know the adhd gold bar chains and shit you know what i'm saying so it's, it's and and more people to come you know in the squad who have earned it so it, it's it's kind of like it's kind of just like squad you know but the Wednesdays are out that you've been you've been on the raw thoughts for a while now. Raw thoughts was something that I respected you for, you know, just speaking your mind about whatever you want to speak about, standing in with for what you believe in. But most importantly, I was someone who hated mumble rap when I was in middle school. So I was an outcast. I mean, I was bumping all 90s hip hop. 2014 Forest Hills Drive was out at that time. So when I heard raw thoughts, you know, right around high school, I was like, well, look at this. I said, this is someone who's actually sticking up for hip hop, the real hip hop. And you going at all these guys and calling them out on their first grade education and their cough suppressant and all that stuff. That's why they couldn't rap. And, you know, you were intelligent to begin with anyway, because you were reading on an eighth grade level in second grade. You know, some shit. Did you talk to my mom before this? No, <laughs> I did a lot of research, man. I can see that. That's a very specific fact. But yes, I was reading at an eighth grade level in second grade. Wow. That is that is. Um... Yeah. And I still read a lot. And let me tell you something. Smart people read, you know, that's and that's not to say that dumb people don't read. And it's not to say that some smart people don't read, but it is a fact that smart people do read. Um, so I highly suggest reading. Um, it enriches the mind. It's good for you. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like going to the gym for your brain. That's how I see it. So I try to start every morning before I look at my phone by reading a chapter or two or something. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So I, I, I still, uh, I love to read, man. It's great. Mm -hmm. But uh, what the fuck were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. Thought. So, you know, initially, yeah, I mean, I, as a student of the game, I just, you know, I really hated seeing some of these guys in particular, some more than others. You know what I mean? I don't want to sound like that grumpy old dude who's just like, ah, fuck these new kids and their shit. Even though sometimes I do sound like that dude, right? But I think um, it, my biggest problem with a lot of these guys was their, their disrespect and disregard for the forefathers who paved the way for them. And I, I'm, big, I'm Italian. I'm big on respecting your elders. Um, I mean, these guys are talking about my superheroes, you know, and clowning on them and, you know, trying to make, trying to make all this shit a fucking meme and like, you know, just going for a headline. And I have a problem. I have a legitimate problem with that. You know what I mean? So Lil Zan caught the wrath, you know, talking about Tupac is boring. And then he wants to come at me. Fuck out of here, kid. Like I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to fucking stun you in a, in rap because this is what we do. Right. But of course he didn't have a comeback because it's not what he does. You know, <laughs> it's just like, I just had, I just had a problem with their attitudes. Some of them, again, you know, I, I don't, I, I hate putting people in groups. You know what I mean? It, I, it just, there was, there was a general wave where some of these guys were just really fucking disrespectful and, and I didn't like it. And, you know, some of the OG guys, you know, they're not as in the game anymore. They're, they're not saying things. A lot of the gatekeepers that used to, you know, I used to have to seek their approval. You know, they're not checking IDs at the door anymore. And these motherfuckers are just coming in and they're just part of the game now. Like the door is blown open now. It's the door is blown open. And, and, and my generation, we had to work so fucking hard as a white guy for respect. I had to work extra hard. You know what like I mean? Battle and freestyle. Prove there's yourself. two arguments to the white rapper thing. You know what I mean? It's like, 
to be successful, some would argue that it's better to be a white rapper because there's this already built in audience, but to be respected in hip hop, obviously it is much harder being that it's, you know, it's not a white man's game. So, um, and, and I wasn't, I, I want to be respected in hip hop. I, I've earned my place in hip hop. I know my place in hip hop. I'm not saying, you know, I, I have all the respect for those who came before me, but I deserve my fucking spot. I, I you know, I am not a, I'm not a guest. No, I, you, I, I earned what I got yeah, and I ain't going you, anywhere. You worked for it. Eminem worked for it. You know, the, the, especially you, because you respect the elders and, and you put in the work, you, you care about the craft and that's, that's all that should be mattering here. But you know, Absolutely. then you, then you, know, you have sometimes the people you hear things like culture vulture, but I would, I would associate that with, with some of the black rappers who are coming out now who have no respect for the art form themselves. I would say a culture vulture has nothing to do with, you know, what color your skin is. It's, it's whether or not you're a part of the fucking culture and whether you respect the culture that you're in. And I have all the respect for hip hop, man. This shit raised me. What was so, the ultimate stamp of approval and confidence booster that you got from a legend in this game that you said, man, Webby's here. I'm here. Well, I mean, the track with DMX and like to hear secondhand, mind you, but to hear secondhand that he loved the record and we up. wanted to shoot a video. He's the one who suggested we shoot a video before he passed. Rest in peace, fucking X all day, baby. But rest in peace. Like he uh, he loved the joint. And, you know, just for me and that verse he gave me was so perfect. It was like. That was that was like a moment for my inner child, you know what I'm saying? It's like, dude, DMX was everything, man, you know. And it's just, it's it's wild. It's, it's wild. talking hell is hot, flesh of my flesh, yeah. out of my blood, and then there yeah. was X, and then there was X. Damn, that was one more road to go. Oh, dude, and good shit, good shit, classic. Yeah, man. You, you know, know so, and you were but, actually his last feature, man. That is, you know, we got to really get to talk about that. You being his last feature in this game. Wild, wild. Official. It's, it's, it's not any post-production. It's an official last feature. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. It, it's like almost too much, you know, to wrap the head around. It, it's so, so wild. So wild. You know, it's... <laughs> <laughs> gives me chills you know what i'm saying it's like yeah he's he's one of the greats one of my personal favorites you know um undeniably one of the greats but when it comes to my guys the guys that i love the most he he's up there all day. Oh, for, for sure um but but to touch back on raw thoughts because you know yes there was this element of talking about the mumble rap during that point in time especially and then you know, there was also all this political turmoil and we start touching on that. And then it's like raw thoughts goes from just being one kind of stream of consciousness into being like a five song series that has now turned into, you know, as of the past couple, really like political commentary, I would say, you know, global commentary and, and obviously a lot of national uh, and talk a lot about U.S. shit, but and and I think it's really interesting to see how some of my views have shifted a little bit from one to five, and and how I've kind of gotten hip to some things between one to five. And um, man, this world is just so fucked. 
it, it we yeah. it is it, it is just and i don't want to be one of these rappers who's just always talking about it even though in casual conversation it's you know i i could talk your ear off about a lot of shit um i'm i'm what they would always have called a conspiracy theorist only recently did that become a bad thing um now it's extremist i've been a conspiracy theorist since the fucking towers fell you know what i'm saying like so this is not new for me i am not radicalized i've always been this way i've never trusted the government i've always disliked the government and as of recently i have built quite the utter hatred for the motherfucking government (laughs) um and their bullshit so you know you don't want to go too far, Web. Tone it down, but, you know, because sometimes you say things. I don't want to get you kicked off YouTube. You know, we don't got to go talking about <laughs> things. You know, get people in trouble. Oh man, but but we can get into you know, twenty eight Wednesdays later. Was this a nod to twenty eight days later, the movie? Yes, it absolutely was. Yep, because it was like, what's this next one going to be called? And my buddy Kyle up in Maine, we were just sitting there when I was up on vacation, and he was just like, twenty eight Wednesdays later. And I was like, yup. <laughs> and it was literally <laughs> as simple as that. Like I was sitting there stressing. It was like August. So we still had a few months. And I, but I'm just like, damn, what's this one going to be called? Like, you know what I mean? I always had still Wednesday in the back of my mind. I'm like, when I, when I can't think of one, still Wednesday. You know what I mean? But it's like, damn, this, this year's been so specific. You know, it's, it was so apocalyptic. It's, it's like, we need something. And he, he had that. And I, he, he just said that. And I was like, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Who am I? You got Pete Davidson to rap on this track. You got to tell me the story of, of you meeting Pete for the first time and getting him to rap on this track, because this is insane. So Pete reached out to me back in, I want to say like 2018. And, you know, he, like yourself, grew up listening to me, which is super cool. And um, he uh, pulled up to the crib. You know, I've hung out with him a few times. Took mushrooms with him one time on a movie set he was shooting. Um met Ariana Grande back in the day. That was interesting. You know what I mean? He's, he's just so goddamn famous. It's like, you know, it's, it's wild, you know? And then now the Kanye stuff is even putting him out there more. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a lot going on right now, but honestly, you know, (laughs) in my experience, he's always been a good dude to me. He's always been super cool. I mean, I think politically, I like, we couldn't disagree more on so many things, but I think that's, what's so cool about, um, just being a, a good human is like, that's what people are forgetting right now. You know, we got these polarized sides and they fucking hate each other so goddamn much. And it's like, dude, we can disagree on so much shit, but we can still be cool, you know? And and that's what I really think is being lost um, and, and obviously fueled by government propaganda trying to keep us hating each other keep us with racial tension keep us you know vaccinated unvaccinated left right fucking all this bullshit you know they they want us constantly divided because then we're easier to conquer this is sun Tzu art of war shit you know what i'm saying so it's like this is nothing new um but they're really ramping it up and and it's just like bro we just need to all chill the fuck out you know don't get me wrong there's some shitty people out there And those people should be excommunicated more or less from society. You know what I mean? Like there's some really bad people, but we, we can disagree on some very, very important things and we can disagree greatly, but we can still be cool. Like, you know what I mean? 
we can have a conversation about it or we could just smoke a joint and talk about hip hop, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like not everybody was defined by their politics as of three years ago. That's what people forget, you know? Yeah. It's like now everything is like- At each other's throats. And you're defined by where you stand politically, you know? It's, it's really crazy. It, it's really fucking crazy. It used to not be so much of a thing. I, you know, if you ask me, all this shit's fucking rigged anyways. So like my, my stance is I'm in the middle. I hate all of them. I think they're all pieces of shit. Um, and I think they should all be old yellered and we should just start over. <laughs> but hey. Yeah. Wednesday, you got still Wednesday out right now. That's your most recent one. And I enjoyed a lot of the tracks on here. You got the DMX song on here. Whippin' Whippin' with Young M.A. was crazy. Right, right. That, that was cool. That's like, that's like a song you could play at the strip club. You know what I mean? Because Young M.A. comes in rapping. It's like, it was played at a strip club. My, my DJ had it thrown on when we were there. And it, and it worked. It was the first time a Chris Webby song has ever worked at a strip club. So it was just kind of cool. <laughs> Legendary. Like yeah, yeah. My music's not the, obviously um, the most strip club friendly. Uh, no, you got to sit down and actually think and comprehend. It's a storytelling. Yeah, yeah. yeah but no, it, it's nice. One thing that has always been really important to me to just always have in the catalog is bangers. Like you got to always have bangers because bangers are the ones that you run back. You know, when I sometimes it's like, Yo, I want to listen to Busta. I'm at a party. Give me the aux cord. Or now it's the fucking Bluetooth because we're in the fucking future land. And break your neck. Throw it on. Boom. It's going to go off. You know what I'm saying? Like bangers last forever. And, and I think it's really important to, you know, always have bangers in the catalog and not, not be defined by one thing as an artist, man. My sound is mad diverse. You know, some people think I'm... Nice. People think a lot of things about me, man. You know, some people think raw thoughts is like all I do. It's like no, not at all. No, go check the discography. There goes the neighborhood, yeah. chemically imbalanced, you know, the Wednesday series, Dexter's yeah. Laboratory. Yeah, man. I got fucking reggae songs. I got Southern rock songs. I got a lot of fucking just straight hip hop songs, but I got, I got all different types of vibes, man. I'm like a fucking goodie bag of vibes. <laughs> Bars you on know? me, white noise. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, yeah, those are some old ones. I can't listen back to the old ones, though, man. Really, it's like, you know, it's like a painter looking back at, like, their first fucking sketch, you know? I'm just like, ah, oh, God. You cringe. Oh, yeah, trust me. I'm sure I'd cringe listening back to interviews that I started doing five, six years ago. Yeah. I mean, it, you, when you evolve, you just evolve and you get better with time. And that's what you're doing here. You're, you're just moving along, creating better content as we go along here. X-Men with Which Tory is- Lanez. Yeah. Yep. That's another one. I I would say like that is one of the things that gives me the most confidence because so many artists do not like keep getting better. You know what I mean? In fact, most of the time it's like the other way around. It's the opposite. It's like you peak and then you go down. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, and maybe I just haven't hit my peak yet. You know, maybe no, you, you're, gonna... you're continuing to grow because uh, trust me, I can tell who's sinking and who's really leveling up. And there's only a few artists out here. I feel as though is leveling up. And that's the artist that you worked with on X-Men, Tory Lanez. I, I was sleeping on him for a while. And then I started listening to his raps because when he raps, as people say, when he starts guy. rapping, I, li- I listen. Guy, oh yeah, absolutely, man. And, and it's about, it's about building like 
a self-sustaining thing. Like a lot of rappers just can't, you're not going to want to listen to them when they're 40. You know what I mean? But I feel like with the type of music, the type of fan base, the type of evolution, where it's going, I feel like I'm, st- I'm still in this shit for a while, you know? With, That's a fact. As long as, you know, everything, you know, the CIA doesn't whack me or any fucking thing, you know? Like, <laughs> other than that, I'm going to be in this shit for a while. And uh, it's just, I, I f- cracked the code on how to just, like, make music, man. You know what I mean? It just keeps flowing, Yeah. you know? But you get inspired a lot. I know that. You listen to instrumentals because you write a lot. Oh, yeah. Redding, Janis Joplin. Oh, yeah. I listen to old shit. I, I listen to a lot, of, a lot of times just the beats that I'm writing to. I mean, that's the mostly what I listen to. Um, but, I mean, dude, so much of this shit is like, dude, it is like a sport. So you want to talk, you know, hip-hop and sports. Like, this shit is a hip-hop sport, Hip-hop is a bro. sport, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to keep practicing. You, you got to keep, like, keeping those mental muscles trained, those songwriting muscles, those bar muscles. You know what I'm saying? Like... You can't get comfortable. You can't get complacent. That's what happens to all these guys. They finally get success and then they get complacent. They're more worried about buying fucking jewelry and cars and they're forgetting about what the fuck is buying them those jewelry and cars. And, and you know, my house is super cool. But other than that, bro, I don't give a fuck about flexing. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see you got your arcade one up back there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I see you got your Pac-Man. I got like, yeah, I built an arcade. You know what I mean? Like, cool i got the fish tank but like flexing unnecessarily like fuck that shit bro like you know keep it humble remember who you are and remember what got you here and be grateful for it you know what i'm saying that's what a lot of people forget mm-hmm. with the whole covid and, and quarantine going on you you finally had the chance to go back on tour and you chill with your fans and everything I, yeah and i, get know, COVID. I know yeah <laughs> 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 oh my god and, and yeah. it, it, it was fun it was fun I, I there was a whole night where i didn't know i had it but i just had this raging fever so i apologize columbus ohio because i probably gave a ton of you guys covid at the meet and greet what are you gonna do you know man that that's unfortunate yeah it was you know honestly i had a stomach bug last weekend that was fucking way worse so man that shit was bad bro i was at my engineer's house his daughter brought something back from daycare everybody else in the house went down i like raced back to connecticut i'm like dude i hope i don't get this shit but if i do i want to be home i got that shit (sighs) bro like power puking for hours it was oh man i had a rough weekend yeah it sounds like my experience a long time ago when i had food poisoning from duchess that wasn't a good time from duchess yeah Oh, that bums me out because I love Duchess. You know, yeah, a good old that's a Connecticut thing, Duchess. Oh yeah, man. I used to get, I used to take piano lessons back in the day, and every day after my piano, I, I don't remember any of it, by the way. So don't, don't <laughs> fucking bust out a solo. But uh, the every t- time I would leave, I would get a grilled cheese and a little carton of milk. You know like from Duchess every, every Thursday after my piano lesson, like what, what fast food place makes a grilled cheese? Like Duchess is the shit. Bro. It is. It is. Until you get food poisoning. Apparently though, you know, yeah, like no. that, that sounds horrible. What, no. what'd you eat? Cheeseburger. Ooh, that's like, that's not something they should, you know, cause I know they got like the fried clams and they have some like, kind of like loose ass options where you're like, oh, I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I want that from Duchess. But, no. um, but a burger, damn, bro. 
that's that's some shit. Yeah, you 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 would think because it's so common and simple, a cheeseburger, you wouldn't. But yeah, that was that was a long time ago. I was in eighth grade when that happened. Was yeah. doubled up for the remainder of my weekend. That wasn't fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasn't no, fun. it never is. But you know, again, what doesn't kill you? Yeah, makes you stronger. Yeah. I need you to tell me, man, what was the wildest story that you've ever had in this industry? It could be with seeing another rapper, being on tour. What is the wildest story? Being from Norwalk, I want to connect with you here, and I'm sure the people from Connecticut want to hear someone that actually made it out. What is the wildest story that you've seen being in this industry? That's a... That's a big question. Like, I want to have, like, a really crazy answer. It's like, I have, like... The people I've met, obviously, you know, I mean, from nights down in Atlanta, being in there with T.I. and Jeezy making a song together, and I'm just sitting there, and Jeezy just had me rolling joints all night. I don't even know if he knew I was a rapper. He was just like, yo, white boy, roll me up another joint. I'm like, got you, got you, sir. Of course, young Jeezy, I got you. Um, You know, from shit like that to, uh, bro, man, I have, I have, uh, been in some legendary rooms. I've met some legendary people, like the craziest thing though i mean i will i've got to say that that touring with tech nine was definitely the craziest two months of my life uh so that that was wild um and for him to be you know the independent legend i learned a lot um on that run and boy, were those fucking shows fucking popping, dude. It was, it was, uh, that was fun. I mean, man, I wish I had like a, like one, like cohesive ass, like answer for this question. I mean, the 10 year anniversary at Toad's Place, Black Friday. That's that a was, landmark. That was a moment. And they like surprised me with this, this video at the end on the screen with all these people congratulating me, like from my grandpa and my uncle to like homies I hadn't seen in mad long. It was, uh, that, that was, a, I, like, I had like teared up and shit. You know what I'm saying? That was, that was definitely a movie. Um, man, this whole shit's just been such a wild ride. And, and one of the, you know, I guess my answer to that, this question is that I need to stop and smell the roses a little bit more because this whole ride, you're just always looking ahead because you have to, to survive. You know, there's so much shit going on. You don't have much time to sit back and romanticize about the cool things you did. And, and dude, I've forgotten things that, that are some of the coolest things that have ever happened in my life. You know, so I, sometimes yeah. I'll be talking with a homie and they're like, oh, remember when that, you know, I'm like, Oh my God. I, yeah. But I forgot about it until you just said that like, Holy shit, that was crazy. You know what I mean? So it's, it, I, I need to learn to appreciate the moment, look back and, and, you know, we all need to do a better job being grateful, you know, that, that we're all here in the first place. And, and, um, you know, I, I got to stop and smell the roses. I, I do because I'm always moving forward. I'm always stressed out. I always got anxiety. There's always a lot going on. It's, you know, fucking phone calls, fucking trying to write. It's just, it's, you know, and, and that is the recipe to the empire that I've built. But at the same time, like I said, it does come at a cost and, you know, 
a time will come. Well, I'll be able to take my foot off the gas a little bit and look out the look in the rear view mirror and just be like, man, this shit's been awesome, you know? But uh, until that time, we stay moving forward, you know? Yeah. Yep. You got to keep going at these people, keep doing what you're doing out here, especially on your independent wave. And, you know, and, and you really paved the way for a lot of creatives out here and in hip hop too. You really, you can't think of Connecticut hip hop and not think of Chris Webby. You put us on the map. It is what it is. You got all these other artists coming out here now, annoyed. You have some other artists out here, but you paved the way for hip hop. You are the hip hop scene in Connecticut. Well, man. and you know, shout to Apathy also because Apathy I grew up too. Yeah, Apathy. that's right. Shout out to Apathy. Apathy. You can't forget about Apathy. Apathy is a monster. You know, right. obviously he's you know in the underground scene, so sometimes he gets overlooked in the conversation. But yeah. I mean, I grew up bumping Apathy. Apathy is one of the sickest rappers fucking on the planet. Um, love that dude. I was at his wedding and shit. You know, and and what's really cool is apathy in particular he broke that mold of connecticut rappers not fucking with each other i reached out to him and i said hey man you know i think it was on facebook or whatever this is probably like 2010 or 11 and you know i was saying you know i'm starting to gain a little traction i'm from connecticut and i know how it is out here and i just want you to know that like I love your music. Like I grew up listening to you and I respect you. And I just want you to know that, you know, and, and we've been great friends ever since. I mean, I talk to app all the time, you know, there's a lot of rappers I, I, you know, that have become just like genuine fucking friends, you know, and that's the coolest shit of it. You know, it's, it's really like a lot of these guys I've toured with a lot of them, you know, and, and, you know, that's a bond in itself. Anyone you've toured with, you, you know, it's like going to war with somebody kind of, you know what I mean? You build a certain type of certain type of war, fucking bond, you know, that's, that's unique. And um, yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> shout out to yeah. Shout out to apathy and everyone else putting connected on the map, but you're one of the front four here and we can't thank you enough because it's inspiring to someone like me being from Norwalk, Connecticut, because you, you're from Norwalk, so it even means even more to me that, hey, Hell yeah. we can make it out here and make it big. You know, dude, this is fucking 2022. You can make it anywhere, bro. You can yeah. make it in fucking your mom's house in Arkansas. You, you, you can, <laughs> you know, we're, we're about to be living in a fucking weird-ass metaverse, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, if you're hungry, you can make it. It doesn't matter where you're from. And, and to say you know, oh, I'm from Connecticut, this and that. That's why, you know, things aren't, it's like, bro, that's a cop-out, bro. Work harder. Yeah. Get better. You know, maybe, maybe you need to sharpen your skill set a little more. Maybe that's why it's not working out. Maybe you need to work on your marketing. Maybe you need a team around you. And maybe you need some people who are going to help you, you know, because, you know, I, I don't do it all myself. I got to no. fucking be, you know. Teamwork makes a dream work. Yeah, yeah. I'm Captain Planet, but I got some Planeteers, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you need that. And, um, and yeah, man, you can make it anywhere. It, it really just comes down to like, how hard are you willing to fight for it? Yeah. How many oh. times are you willing to fall on your face and absolutely bottom out and fail and get back up and try again? You know, because a lot of time, a lot of people, you know, they, they lose the heart for it. Yeah. And, and you got to just get back up, bro. Yeah. Like Aaliyah said, dust it off and try again. Yes, yes. And I heard it off many a time, my friend. But yeah, oh, I know you did. Again, I did. Yeah, and, and you did. And, and we're grateful for that. Your fans are grateful for that. You, you have a cult like following. They're passionate. Your fans are 
your number one diehards. Yeah, man. No, my fans are great, bro. My fans are great. I feel like, um, you know, they, they understand me a lot of them, at least, you know, this is a large group of people we're talking about here, but I would say they, they understand me. They give me a little wiggle room. They know I'm a little crazy. They know I'm going to say some wild shit. They know they might not agree with everything that I have to say, but they give me the room to say it and they respect that I got the balls to say. It. And I, and I thank them for that. They, they give me, um, the room to try new things creatively, you know, and don't hold me under a microscope. Like, oh, well, this isn't, you know, you know, you're changing. Like, you know, they, they let me kind of naturally evolve. And I, I think, um, you know, no one's in the business of trying to sell out over here. That's pretty clear at this point. I ain't signing no fucking deals. No. So it's like, I'm I, any experimenting I'm doing is not for clout or, or for fame. Fuck fame. I'm just want to try making some new shit, try out some new vibes, you know? Yeah. Do we have a web sesh coming again for this 420? No, but I will, uh, I will have a big ass show in Colorado and I have a little uh, surprise show the day before at a very um, legendary venue out in Colorado that rhymes with bread socks. So that should be cool too. That's going to be tough. That I'm going to be on that show yet. So I can't say. Yeah. Congratulations on that. And, you know, and everything that you've done this far. And, you know, Chris Webby, is there anything else you would love to let your fans know, the audience know, the listeners know who are listening and who will listen in after? Man, I mean, first off, if you don't know who I am, nice to meet you. Um, you know, if this is your way into learning who I am, um, you know, I, go give the music a listen. You know, why not? You're literally supporting independent business by doing so. You know, that money goes directly to me, not to a label, not to some corporate bullshit. It goes to me. And I'm a man who reinvests in his business uh, on a constant basis. So, you know, if you want to shop local, I'm your guy. You know, support mom and pop, I'm your guy. Um, and as far as everybody who knows the deal, a lot more to come. A lot more to come. Just give me a little more time in my off season. Let me finish up a few things. Let me get my life right. Let me get my music right. And um, once it starts, it won't stop till the end of the year. You already know. Yeah, for sure. Chris Webber, you're always welcome on the show. I'm looking forward to everything that you achieve in the future, your upcoming music, your next album, as well as last Wednesday. Man, and thank you. Shout out to your management for setting this up, man. No doubt, man. No doubt. Glad we made it happen. That's a fact, man. Chris Webby, thanks again, man. Make sure you follow him on Instagram and Twitter at the real and uh, Twitter at the Chris Webby. Want to check out the fish tank real quick? Well, we, you know. Like, yeah, man, for sure. Blue lights came tour on. Here. So. That's tough. You're all in, into the natural environment. Is this the goldfish that you won at the Oyster Festival? Oh hell no! This is a saltwater tank, my dude. This, this is, is oh, yeah. <laughs> This is corals. This is all sorts of fucking. You know what I'm saying? Saltwater reef fish. Yeah, man, this shit's a whole—it's a whole endeavor. And you know, while we're while we're giving a little fucking tour, it's all turned off right now. But check this shit out. Hold on. Turn the lights up. So, uh, so it's all turned off except for one of the big bucks. But you know, what I'm oh, wow. oh, so you got the—is that the? You got the oh, you got all the consoles, the mini con. That's crazy. You got your own arcade, Space Invaders. You have the Star Wars. Oh yeah, yeah. We already passed that one. Wow. 
Man, there you go. You got the Pac-Man one that I got. Then you got Sopranos pinball right there. That's crazy. That's a classic. You know, got the the fucking golden tea over here. Got the pong. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Got your own pool table. Yeah. Then got the big, the big, big buck hunter. That's insane, man. And then there's more in here and shit, but yeah. Hard work pays off. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Got your own hobbies. Yeah, man. It's nice, dude. It's nice to just have a room where you can just fuck off and and like play arcade games. And And it it clears your mind, too. Yeah, man. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, man. Chris Webby, man. Thanks again. I appreciate it for your time. I appreciate you dropping everything in this interview and and just telling your story, man. You're a true inspiration. And, you know, you're, you're always welcome on the show, man. No doubt. Be well, my friend. You too, no. You too, man. Peace out. Later, brother. Yeah.